is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. And I'm looking forward to bringing in today's guest because this is a topic that is very personal for so many. Victoria Bolt, the owner of the Unleashed Heart LLC, is an advanced certified grief recovery specialist, self-published author, Reiki master, certified UMAP coach, certified biofield tuning practitioner, and an end-of-life doula. Through in-person and online evidence-based grief programs, Life Path Coaching, her podcast, Grieving Voices, and in-person or distance healing sessions, Victoria offers holistic support to those who want to go from surviving to thriving. And I know we all have been touched by grief And I think that this is a very important topic because I think very often people don't talk about their grief. They internalize it, which just creates all the myriad of things going on that we don't understand. So with all that being said, Victoria, welcome to Word of Mom Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Dory. I'm excited to speak with you today. I'm looking forward to it. And I would love for you to just take us on your journey that led you to doing what you do? In a nutshell, warp speed, life flash before my eyes. Um, it seems like yesterday in a lot of ways for many people. It's like, if, I feel like I've lived three lifetimes. My dad was diagnosed when I was six with stage four colon cancer. They gave him like, I don't know, I think it was like six months to live and he lived 16. I had just turned eight and he passed away. And around that same time, actually the year before he passed away, my grandmother passed away, my mom's mom. And so she, on the heels of losing her mother, she lost her husband and her oldest daughter, my older sister, um, moved away, graduated from high school. And she was like a second mom to me. So in a span of, you know, just a short period of time, just a year or two, um, there was so much change and loss in my life. And then a year after my dad passed, I was um, sexually molested by a family friend. And, and that continued, actually. There was more than one incident of that. And I look back on it, and it's like, it was like I was, it was an out-of-body. Like, I feel like I, that was somebody else's life. It, it, I, it's so far, I'm so far away from who I was starting to become in my early 20s as a result of all of that grief and trauma that was coming up in my early 20s. 
um, because I started to use alcohol and was in a really toxic relationship. Um, I had always kind of been a goody two shoes in a way, like just walk the straight and narrow, like, you know, did what my mom told me. And I mean, I can explain all these ways of how I grew up with my grief and how I changed through the years with it, how it changed me. But what I want to speak to most is that I am where I am today because I didn't let it, you know, one of my guests on Grieving Voices said, when you lay, you decay. And I've never forgotten it. And I didn't lay in decay. I had gotten to a point where I had another loss in my life. Of course, like all people, like loss, grief continues, it stacks up, right? And so I'd had another loss. Because not, not only when my dad passed away did I lose my dad, but that entire family, they were no longer in my life. I, my grandparents were all gone. Um, I, ha- I had a grandma yet, but she wasn't in my life. So I lost a lot um, as a child. I lost my childhood, really, because, you know, my mother had lost her mother and then she lost her husband. And, you know, the person that she had been married to for 17 years at that point, who she thought she would be with the rest of her life part of her died when they died and so I had a very different mom I was the youngest Um, I had a very different mom than my older siblings did and this is where people don't realize that you can have people growing up in the same home but their life experience can be very different and this is where you see a lot of family dynamics um, play out right because well, that isn't what I experienced and you're making that up. And, you know, you can have all these stories that um, kind of weave in the life experience, but they're very different for each individual because our relationships are unique and individual. I don't have the same relationship with my mom as my, my brother did or my sister did. And we grieve from a perspective of, of what we grew up knowing how to grieve, right? Like in, And so if we grew up in a home where we just don't talk about it, or maybe it was the emotional, like this emotional high of what happened was so overbearing and so overconsuming, there wasn't room for your emotions, which is what my experience was like, there was no room for my emotions. So I became very quiet and um, small, right? Um, I, you know, I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want to rock the boat. So I became very I was very well-behaved child and spent most of my time outside. But yeah, in the, in my early twenties, it really came (laughs) like a, like a roaring horse, right? Like just uh, my life was really, I'm having all these metaphors and analogies, but it really, it's like my life was kind of a train wreck at that point. Um, I was heading down that way anyway. And I had another loss, my dad's brother, um, who I hadn't spoken to in 30 years. Fast forward, this is in my 30s now, right? I've, I've already had like this midlife crisis happen in my early 30s. I closed a business. My youngest daughter was going to kindergarten, like, oh my God, I'm having this existential crisis. My father's only living sibling because they all died young. My dad was 44. Most of his siblings didn't even make it to 60. And um, my uncle was diagnosed with brain cancer and I went to see him and I hadn't seen him in over 30. I hadn't seen him since the day of the funeral. I had not seen him. So I knocked on this hospital door and I didn't know if he'd recognize me. I didn't know if he'd want to see me. I just felt this draw to go see him. 
And those six months that I had to reconnect with him changed everything for me. And I was in the editing phase Mm. of my book, actually. And um, so, yeah, that really is what kind of catapulted um, me realizing that I'm not okay. Like there is still a lot of unsettled grief and trauma. And um, I, I recognized how it was impacting my relationships, my ability to connect with myself, trust myself live to my potential because I didn't feel I was like, I always felt like this. I meant for more. I meant for more, but what is it? Like always looking for this answer outside of myself. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a ride <laughs> to say the least, but if there's anything that anybody hears from this message, uh, no matter what you've been through to not lose hope, like there, there is a path forward. You just need to pave it for yourself find it for yourself. If you, and this is the thing, like my, I just kept hearing about Reiki, 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 like 2014 is when I kind of like my spiritual journey started for me, where I was starting to reconnect spiritually with myself and wrote the book and da, 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 da. And it was a slow going thing, but it really exploded for me in 2019. Um, I was introduced, I kept hearing about Reiki and I'm like, what's this Reiki business? And, you know, when we, we, start to open up our minds and our hearts start to, you know, break open a little bit, you kind of, you, you're more open to receiving messages and recognizing, okay, something's trying to get my attention here. I've heard this three times. So let me look into this (laughs) and fast forward. I ended up becoming a Reiki master and becoming aware about energy and the energy of emotions and the energy, my own energetic body and, and what I needed. And I mean, it was the perfect timing for me and then grief recovery. And it's like all this stuff simultaneously just kept coming to me. And, um, I just followed my curiosity wherever it led. And I feel like, especially when we're grieving, it's so easy to put those things that spark our, the light within us and our curiosity and hope, right? Because reconnecting with that part of myself when I was, while other kids were like buying, I don't know, whatever books they were reading, I was buying palm reading books and collecting stickers. And like, I was interested in weird stuff. (laughs) And um, the mystical aspect and spiritual aspects of myself that interested me like palm reading and astrological stuff as a kid um doing the energy work and being introduced to that it really it it sparked with it re-sparked right that kid in me again because i feel like biofield tuning and reiki and what happens when people go through the process of of their grief and work through that what i see the magic that's happening within people it's like you're a tight bud and it's just, it's just slowly unfolding and opening. And that's, that's been my life. It's been, it was just so tight for so long. And um, there's hope in the unfolding. It's just, people want this quick fix or they want this, they just want the pain to go away. And so they resort to anything and everything to feel better in that moment, whether it's alcohol, whether it's another relationship, whether it's, um, exercise can be, we call them disturbs and grief recovery, short-term energy relieving behaviors, shopping, gambling, like all these things that we resort to, to feel better. I just want to feel better. 
why do I feel so crazy? Like, these are the things that I was saying to myself. Why do I feel like everyone else has got their shit together and I don't? What is it about me? So I was on this quest. I did every personality test there was out there. I thought I was broken, that I was, there was something with my brain, that I was like, it was me. Like there was something wrong with me. Why can't I just get my life together? Why can't I figure this out? And um, sometimes it's just surrendering to the mystery that you're not maybe going to ever have the answer that you want to hear, but you can seek the truth for yourself and, and allow it to be revealed to you. And I think that happens when we embrace our curiosity and follow the nudges and be open to receiving. And I think we have such a hard time receiving in this world. Um, you know, there can be guilt and shame and attach, attach, attached to receiving, whether it's love or money or a compliment. <sighs> so <a> Victoria, <laughs> let me ask you, how is grief recovery different from other ways of moving beyond grief? Because I know it's completely, you know, they're two different things. Yeah. The word recovery can be very activating for people and especially in the grief space, you know, they, I, I think there's this, I, you know, like everybody thinks their modality or their thing is the best thing, but, um, and I'll say that I think this is the best thing, um, since sliced bread, because I've experienced it. I've seen countless people experience it. I, one of my guests, um, on my podcast, Sandy Derby, she was, a, she became addicted to meth. Um, she, as a child, uh, she was, and she says, this is, I'm not disclosing anything she didn't share on the podcast. She was, um, her father and her uncle, she was sexually abused in satanic relig ritualistic ways. Um, you know, just this religious abuse. She became addicted to meth, um, was in an abusive relationship. Grief recovery saved her life, turned her life around. Um, and she is actually the head of marketing. Um, she's, I did a lot of coaching with her, um, She's affiliated with the Grief Recovery Institute now, um, amazing human being, but she's alive today probably because of grief recovery. Um, I don't know that she would say that specifically, but I know that grief recovery transformed her life. And um, I've just seen it in so many people over the years and um, how it's different from other things out there. What I, what I can tell you be true for this is it is evidence-based. There was a study done at Kent University um, so it's not based on evidence. It's evidence-based. There is a difference. Um, and it's been around for over 40 years. It was developed and came to be, uh, by a veteran, um, who was about to, um, take his own life and asked himself, what do I wish would have been there for me? And that one question set him on this path of, developing the grief recovery method and the grief recovery Institute. Um, it's now being shared like, uh, chaplains in the military chaplains in, um, church or religious organizations are becoming certified. Um, it's, um, what else it's time-based, right? So, you know, that when you come in, how long it's going to be, um, and what you're going to be doing, you're going to be working through, well, for my program, we go through two relationships. So you're going to be working on two of your most difficult relationships. Um, 
doesn't have to be someone who died. Often our grief is with people who are still living, right? Uh, because, and the thing is, is people who have died, that relationship continues, whether you like it or not, right? You're still going to have certain feelings about that person. They, they may have hurt you in ways that you just can't get past, um, or it's really difficult to, to move forward because you're energetically and emotionally still tied to that past experience. Um, and so what this method does is it brings to your awareness um, all of your losses. First of all, it's, it, it can be very confronting. Um, I don't, I will say that there's no right or wrong time to do this work. There's, it's never too late. It's never too soon. I, I personally wish um, that I would have discovered it sooner rather than, you know, getting into my forties. Um, gosh, where would I be? Where would I be now if that would have been 10 years before that? Right. So, um, and there's grief with that, right? Like feeling like I, I missed so much of my life and my potential because I was dealing with so much grief, but everything in divine timing, I suppose. So yeah, it's a remarkable program that I stand behind 1000%. You know, as, as you look back, I, I say all the time that we need to start looking back with kind sight instead of hindsight, because we handled things the way we could at the time they happened. So looking back and wishing we did it differently just beats ourselves up mm-hmm. over something that we can't change, as opposed to knowing that at that point of your life, that's where you were and you are where you are now for another reason. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break, say thank you to our sponsors, think about what Victoria is talking about, and we'll be back here in just a moment on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. In 2017, Unsilenced Voices was formed to help survivors of domestic abuse and gender-based violence worldwide. The organization currently serves Sierra Leone, Rwanda, Ghana, and the USA. In 2022, Unsilenced Voices gifted over $33,000 to survivors in the USA. And in Sierra Leone, there are over 26 young girls who have been rescued from sex trafficking and domestic abuse and now going through vocational training school in order to better their lives. We need your help. Donations are critical in order for us to continue our work. We also need volunteers to help with research and development. Please visit unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. Check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. 
And we're back here on Word of Mom Radio. We are speaking with Victoria Volk, who's the owner of The Unleashed Heart. And we're talking about grief recovery and everything that goes along with it. How do people come to the understanding that their grief is different from somebody else's? We all grieve differently. Doesn't matter who we've lost. And as you said earlier, it might even be somebody who's still alive but you are grieving the loss of that relationship or whatever. Each of us grieve differently. So how do you work with people? Because you might be grieving the loss of somebody who's died. You might be grieving the loss of a relationship that ended. And there's nothing that you can do to change it, even though that person is still alive, but the wall went up. So how do you work with all of these different people in their different grief modalities? And the thing about grief is grief is grief. You know, they have, we have all these terms like anticipatory grief or complicated grief or complex grief. Like the language is like, it's grief is grief. We don't need to add all these fluffy words to it. Grief is the loss of hopes, dreams, and expectations. It is anything about your life that you wish or a relationship that you wish would be or would have been or could be different, better, or more. And when I say that definition of grief, I bet you can think of a whole lot of other things other than the death of a loved one, Mm -hmm. or maybe a death of a less than loved one. (laughs) I mean, we have those people too in our lives, right? And so we can lose, we can grieve the loss of a dream, our health, right? Health can be a huge thing. um, Because if you don't have your health, what do you have, right? Like that vitality, the energy to, to, live out your passions, right? Like these things dramatically and drastically can change people's lives. So it doesn't matter what the grief story is. This method, it's the same method for every type of loss for every person. But because you are an individual and your life experience is unique to you, you are applying the framework to your story, to your grief. And that's why it works. It's a framework. It's action-based. We're not sitting there talking and just talking and talking and talking and telling the story over and over. Like a lot of support groups that can happen. There's no action taking. And then you feel worse when you leave because now you've taken in everybody's stories. There's no action. So week to week, every week builds on itself and you're taking action. You feel a sense of movement. You feel a sense of, yes, this sucks. This is not easy. It is not easy work. It's confronting. It's, but it's ripping off the band-aid because what is the alternative? Leave the band-aid on and just let it ooze. Let it seep into every other area of your life, which it will, because that's how grief works. It affects your imp- your ability to make money, to connect to others in relationships to connect to yourself. It puts this veil over our faces. We don't even see ourselves clearly. And then there's all the shame and guilt and confronting and other relationships because people aren't showing up the way you hoped or people aren't showing up the way you expected them to, but they have their own grief story. They learn their own way to grieve. And it's different from yours. It's the, we have, you know, there's a million and one perspectives as to what we should do about grief or what you should do about grief or well, you should be over it by now. It's been a year. You should be over it by now. Should, 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 should. 
then we say that to ourselves 30 years i should be over it by now i had someone tell me that don't you think it's been long enough why are you still holding on to that i guarantee you the person that was holding that said that to me was still holding on to some stuff themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> right? thank you very yes exactly <laughs> you know when you said that it's like seriously let me duck while that stone gets thrown because you know what my mom died 30 years ago it was 30 years january 9th it's a sore tooth and when my tongue hits that sore tooth it takes you back just like that of course i grieve the loss of my mother i grieve the fact that my children lost her when they were six four and two and didn't get to grow up but i did as much as i could to let her be in their lives and it's funny i was talking to friends of mine because i had her picture And I was kept at eye level for my grandchildren when they were little. And my grandson would babble to her picture and go to crawl away and then go back and babble to her again. And I know they were conversing somehow. And for me, when that hits, I miss my mom. I'll always miss my mom. She was my best friend in the whole world. There was nothing I couldn't talk to my mom about, but she'll watch over me, you know, but I never, I've never said to say, oh, come on. You know, how long is it going to take you to get, it is such a personal thing, but it's funny. That's why I personally, for myself, believe in coaching a lot more than I believe in therapy because a therapist is going to put you on that wheel and you're going to have that same conversation over and over and over and over and over again, because that's how they're making their money. They want to keep you in therapy. A coach is trying to get you not to need them to move beyond where you are and to be able to show other people that it is possible. So that's why I think that coaching is such an important thing. And this is such an important topic and reality for everyone. There is no one who hasn't lost. And it really is 2020 did a study on longevity. And the number one thing people that live to 90, a hundred years old have in common is their ability to cope with loss. And the thing about that too, is the, the, how do people do that? Well, they're probably connecting with other people. Connection, connection is so important. And that's the thing. Like if you're feeling, if you're bogged down in your life, you're feeling emotionally bogged down and weighed down. How are you really connecting with people? And with this program, it's, again, it's, it's time-based, it's evidence-based, it's action, and it's your story that you're working through. It's not mine. It's yours. It's not my perspective. It's not anybody else's. It's about you as an individual and your grief. And like you said, it's not talk therapy. It's, it's not therapy. It's therapeutic. It's very therapeutic. Right. Big difference though. Yeah. Big, there's a big difference between therapy and therapeutic. There just is. And again, I think that that's why coaching is so vibrant and alive. And it, it just brings you to a different place. This is the new normal. This is the reality of life. And how do you find the joy? How do you bring all of the lessons and things that you learn from the person that you're grieving for and, and find a way to work through the pain part of it. 
not to your point about the pain part, right? Like when you think of your mom, you're still getting, you still feel sad. Like I, I feel sadness when I think about my dad or when an anniversary comes up, right? Um, I didn't celebrate his birthday ever, but I remembered his death, his death anniversary. I couldn't even bring myself to remember him and think about him on his birthday because that the day he died was more ingrained in me and more impactful than the day he was born. That's pain. Mm. That's emotional pain. So that's one difference that I recognize within myself, like after going through the program and and understanding about grief, like I do now, because this is very much an educational program too. Like you will learn more about grief than you ever anticipated. And you'll share that with people. You'll recognize grief in other people in ways that you, oh, that's grief. That's grief. Because it doesn't look the same all the time. Right. It doesn't present the same all the time especially with children. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it, that's one thing that I recognize within myself. Like I was able to celebrate his birthday, think of him on his birthday because I didn't have that pain. We don't say the sadness is going to go away, but the pain is what we're working through. I am a naturally happy person. It's just my personality. My brothers have always called me Mary Poppins. My mother's birthday was September 6th. Her death day was January 9th. Those were my two days a year that I just was sad. They were my sad days. And uh, it'll now be uh, seven years. This September 6th was when my son and his wife let me know that I was going to be a grandmama. And that was my mother's name. And I always thought I'd be grandmama. And then my grandson came and I was like, I can't be grandmama because I'm not my mom. And then my girlfriend said, welcome to the Glamour Club. I'm like, Glamour, that works for me. <laughs> but then my grandson named me Mimi, which is my favorite word. But it was so sweet because we were going to have dinner on the 7th. And my son called and he said, mom, can we come over for dinner tonight? I said, well, you know what today is? He goes, yeah, I do. And we'd love to come for dinner tonight. And they told me on September 6th, so I wouldn't have to be sad on my mother's birthday anymore. And you know what? For six years, September 6th has been the celebratory day of finding out that I was going to be a grandmother. And it's amazing because now I have January 9th is my one day. And you know what? This past January 9th, 30 years, it was the easiest day of all the other 29 that went before it. It was strange that this year I felt a different calm about it as opposed to just that day of being just a sad day. And it's not, I woke up knowing exactly what it was, you know, and everything else, but your life, it finds its place. It really does. It finds its place. And so I applaud you for what you're doing. And I I wish we had more time because I want to talk to you about Reiki and the biofield tuning and everything else. We're going to have to have you back so we can have part two of this. So we can go farther into it. I can read your book. We can talk about that. But as we're wrapping up, Victoria, what do you want to leave our listeners with and how may they reach out to you? I will bring it up again and I'll say it again. There's hope. And I think the hardest part is discerning for yourself what it is you need and what path is right for you. Because grief recovery may not be the perfect thing for you may not be right for you right now, but maybe it will be in three months or six months from now. 
And you'll remember that I was on this podcast and you're like, oh yeah, I think I'm ready for that now. You know, just allow yourself to be curious and open to the resources and the support that is out there that is so vast and so many more people are talking about grief now. There's, I, I don't even, can't even tell you how many grief podcasts there are now. Um, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing, but it means nothing. None of it means nothing. If you're not taking action, we can talk until we're blue in the face, but until we sweep our own doorstep and talk about grief, our grief differently so that the next generation can experience grief differently. We're going to repeat these cycles because we always resort to what we know when our backs are against the wall. That is so true. Most of that stuff that we've learned is not helpful. We need new education, new tools, new awareness and take action. And you are unstoppable and there is hope. And if people want to learn more, um, everything, all the links and everything are on my website, theunleashedheart.com. Um, I have some programs listed under grief support. Um, I have a, my, my main program is do grief differently because we really do need to do grief differently. Um, right. And yeah, my podcast, it's a, that's a free resource. I talk the first 10 episodes, 11 episodes or something like that are all educational based. Um, yeah, everything's on my website. Please reach out to Victoria because very often when we are filled with grief, we think that we are alone and that no one can understand and you're not alone. Are you going to move forward with it or wallow in it? It's a hard thing, but it is still your choice. We choose how we deal with everything in life. So All of Victoria's links are going to be live. I encourage you to go to her podcast. We will have a link to that as well. And as I said, I really do think you should come back. We should have part two of this conversation and really talk about all of the ways that you are working with people. And I want to read your book and talk about that as well. So I thank you so much today, Victoria, for you coming and sharing your journey with us here on Word of Mom Radio. Thank you, Dory, for having me. It was my pleasure. And for all of you tuning in, we are going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. Sure of herself. Yeah, she takes care of biz. Powerful and strong. Yeah, she knows who she is. Has integrity. Woman strong and true. You know her by name. See, this woman is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave, she is brave, she is bold, she is bold.